The service of prayer and preaching for the 15th Sunday after Trinity, September 17th, 2023. The opening hymn is LSB 719, I Leave All Things to God's Direction. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. 
Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. reading from 1 Kings, the 17th chapter. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering stubble. And he called to her and said, Fetch me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. So she went to fetch it, and he called to her and said, Fetch to me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no baked bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not run out, and the jug of oil shall not lack, until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour did not run out, and the jug of oil did not lack, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The introit is verses from Psalm 86.
Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. Save your servant who trusts in you, you are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your maidservant. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. A reading from Galatians chapters 5 and 6. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor." for each will have to bear his own load. One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with a common responsory found on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. The Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The common theme of many of the news programs I was subjected to this week all had a common theme, which is the same when I look at the fields in the fall and the stores will be filled with for the next couple of months. Death. What is one to do in the face of death? The Old Testament text is full of precarious and dreadfully perilous situations. Leading up to our Old Testament text, God uses Elijah to tell Ahab there will be no rain or dew except by the word of the Lord. This means there will be no moisture to sustain life and no water to cool the burning tongues. No water meant no life, and no life means death. After this bold word of death is spoken by Elijah, Elijah is kept alive and sustained by God's gracious hand, both through God providing water for the brook Cherith and God sending the ravens to bring Elijah bread and meat. Months passed with still no water. Life in the dry, dusty climate got harder and harder. New difficulties arose. As relief seemed nowhere in sight, emotions run high. Doot, uh, doubt <laughs> looms heavy, and despair constantly nags. As the body wearily battles in these pained and unsympathetic conditions, 
The soul is driven even closer to the edge of anxious turmoil and utter despair. As one looks around the arid ground, one can see death in every baked plant and demise in every parched inch of ground. As the world around is dying, the soul easily turns into itself. Well, everything else is dying. I must also. This is the situation to which Elijah is sent. There is a widow living in Zarephath. She is in a Gentile country, and somehow, by God's grace, she has heard the word of the Lord and believed it. It is clear from the text that she does not yet call Yahweh her God, but she has heard his word and knows his messenger is coming. In the midst of death, which seems to be the only thing surrounding her, she believes in the promise of the life to come. The widow of Zarephath is a living example of our gospel lesson. It would not surprise me to learn that Jesus had this woman in mind as he spoke these words in the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. When Elijah comes to this woman, she is gathering stubble to start a fire to bake bread with what little provisions she has left for her and her son. She doesn't know exactly what will happen after that, but it will more than likely be death. What is one to do? While death looms, she seems content with this day's daily bread and leaves tomorrow in the hand of God. If death be her portion after this meal, so be it. It is God's will. She doesn't know when she will die, but she knows that she will die at some time. She knows that in the midst of death, God's word is the only thing that will give life for eternity. Elijah sees her working in the midst of death in order to die, and he calls to her, Fetch to me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, remember, only God's word is going to provide water. And so Elijah is making the connection for this woman that he is God's servant sent to her just as God has promised. He doesn't look like much, but what he speaks is life-giving. Then as she goes to fetch water, Elijah has another request. Fetch to me a morsel of bread in your hand. What a terrible request. How can this man of God drive such a hard burden upon one who is clearly suffering? Should not Elijah have been serving this woman who is clearly is in dire straits? Is Elijah an egotistical, greedy, obstinate man-child? Or is there something else going on here? Brothers and sisters in Christ, you already know the answer, because you too know and sing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the middle of death, where this woman lives, the word of God is sent to this woman, and she recognizes that through this man, the still waters are not only present, but they are given to her. In the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, God's word of life is her comfort. The table is to be prepared in the midst of the enemies of death, sin, the devil, and oil is not running out. Being a guest at this table means a cup that overflows, and now goodness and mercy will be my lot, and in the Lord's house will be the eternal home of those in Christ. Faith hears the word of God through the mouth of the strange-looking man before her, and it feasts. In fact, she and he and her household ate for many days according to the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there are many things that remind us that death surrounds us on every side. Disease and decay are rampant in our bodies. There is always some illness that fights to capture our attention. Some are sudden and acute. Others are chronic and weigh heavily for longer periods of time, sometimes leaving more permanent issues. On top of these things, we even have reminders with something as simple as dry and damaged skin, which is caused by a lack of moisture. We are told over and over how important it is to drink water so the body doesn't dry out because dehydration can lead to all sorts of problems, exacerbate others, and even lead to death. Of course, the body isn't the only one to feel these effects. Families and relationships experience the realities of death and feel the breakdown of decay. It's constantly being pushed that human life is replaceable by non-human life, that institutions that are good and beneficial are to be met first with a culture of suspicion, and that, above all, what is the most important thing to be maintained is the right and freedom to choose anything and everything. While these seem like great ideals to the world, they cannot even hold up to their own scrutiny. There is nothing long-lasting or even long-seeking to this point of view. When you look at the world's ideas of family, of, of life, of joy, it is all limited to this world because the world does not see the life to come. It can only focus on what it sees and feels. This affects the way they even talk about something as important as faith. When someone talks of faith, of things not perceptible to the eyes, it is met with scorn and ridicule. Okay, sure, you can have faith if it makes you happy. You can go to church if it makes you happy. But if it doesn't, then why go? The culture would have us believe that happiness is the God of the world. If it makes you happy, do it. The American Constitution even seems to have your back because it is predicated on the idea that everyone has the right to pursue their own happiness, whatever that means to each individual. This is the station of the world, and it always has been since the fall into sin. It hears words of death, and those words look good, so we eat. We eat those things of death, and they're sweet going down. In efforts to fill the empty void, we seek happiness in all sorts of fleeting places. We try and capture glimpses in passing events. We fill our ears with more and more words of death from the arid ground as newsrooms and talk shows and convention halls are filled with words that seem to have no end. 
That is, until the next big story, the next big game, or the next political cycle. All the while, the words that give eternal life are cast aside. Preaching is despised. Pop singers, Hollywood actors, newscasters, podcasters, social media influencers, and politicians are all believed, even by many Christians, to have more authority in their words than pastors. The houses of God, the very places where his word is to be read and preached, and we are to gladly hear and learn it, is cast aside, cast to the side in favor of something that is more personally appealing. In this physical and emotional climate, it's easy for the sinful nature to say, well, everyone is dying. I know that my time will come. We all have to die anyway. I might as well have fun doing it. It is in this very culture, this very dry and dead, arid and unforgiving climate that Jesus came. God became man. He knows what it is like to look around and see nothing but death. Rome wasn't known for its strength of family values. While the governments were clashing with each other and with its own citizens, while struggles for power were being conducted in households of all nations, while children and parents were struggling against each other, while the masses were kept entertained with anything that would tickle the sinful nature, while bodies were struggling to breathe, while lives were fighting to gather sticks to make one more meal, while people were in despair. In other words, as death ravaged the land, Jesus came to the widow who was in the midst of death struggling to care for her son. Jesus came. Who is that widow? The church on earth. Jesus came to the church on earth and what did he do? He was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. He set aside all waters to be a blessed flood and a lavish washing away of sin. In your baptism, he joined you to himself. In those still waters, he leads you, his children, his most beloved sheep. To what? Behold, here you sit and with his rod and his staff, that is his holy word. He leads you to this very table of his own crucified body and his own shed blood. A table is prepared for you, and you are anointed with oil. The English word anointed one is the Greek word Christ. Jesus was anointed for the special work of dying for the sins of the world. He died to defeat death. His blood brings life to you, and it is poured into the cup, overflowing into your mouth as you feast on his goodness and mercy here in the midst of death. As we live in the midst of death with bodies that break down, He gives us sight beyond sight. He gives us ears to hear. To us, poor, miserable sinners in dire straits, not knowing when our last meal, our last gathering of sticks, our last day of work might be. He provides us with heavenly food. He gives us this day our daily bread. Tomorrow is not a worry. God is already there. We eat and lay down in peace. As a reminder, when we go to bed, we make the sign of the cross and remember our baptism. This day has been given to us as a gift. When we wake up as God's children, we know there are two places we can wake. In heaven where there is no suffering, sadness, sickness, pain, tribulation, or death. Or on earth, where we again pray for this day's daily bread. In the morning, we again make the sign of the cross reminding us that we are baptized. God is our Father. Christ is our brother. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, calling to our remembrance the words of Jesus. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it.
Brothers and sisters in Christ, there is more to this life than what we see. While we see death, even here on the cross and upon the altar, faith sees life. Faith sees in this death of Jesus, death's defeat. Faith sees, fetch to me a morsel of bread in your hand, and replies, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Faith receives the words of life from the lectern and pulpit, receiving these morsels of bread, who is the very bread of life. In the midst of death, you feast. And while you feast, you hear from your shepherd throughout all their lifetime, my people will prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And then when gray hairs will their temples adorn like lambs, they will still in my bosom be born. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 728, How Firm a Foundation. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 758, The Will of God is Always Best.